The countdown is now on until 18 Pacific leaders and high-level delegations from the US, China, France, the UK and many more descend on Rarotonga for the largest regional meeting of the year. Japan's Fukushima issue, the Gaza-Israel war and climate financing are expected to be key discussion points. Lydia Lewis joins me from Rarotonga. Kia orana, Lydia. Preparations are well underway now. Are the Cook Islands ready? Almost. Children are preparing to perform. Mairie are being made in great numbers. These are the green leafy net garlands. And while they look really simple, locals have told me that they're really special. They're plaited from mighty vine on the outer islands and then transported here. So I have mine in the fridge to try and savour the hard work that those who made them did. And the leaders will be gifted one of these, no doubt, at some point. Now, was the massive Seawall mural finished yet? Well, I drove past it uh, last night. This is the largest painted seawall of its kind in the South Pacific. It's incredible. It's 560 metres long. It tells the story of the 15 islands of the Cook Islands. And when I drove past it last night, there were two very tired-looking people painting it. I did want to stop and interview them, but I was en route to interview the Cook Islands Prime Minister, so maybe that's one for next week. (laughs) And I understand you have confirmation that some of the political heavyweights will be no-shows? That's right. I have confirmation from New Zealand's Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade that incoming Prime Minister Christopher Luxon will not be travelling to Rarotonga for this 52nd Pacific Islands Forum Leaders' Summit. Work is underway to send the outgoing Deputy Prime Minister of the caretaker government, Carmel Sipuloni, accompanied by Jerry Brownlee from the incoming National Party. So Colin Tukui Tonga has already reacted to the news. He said on social media, this is not a good start for Luxon, who lacks gravitas, and there's a lot of work ahead for him. It's unclear who will be attending the forum for Australia with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese this weekend in Beijing. The first visit by an Australian leader to China in seven years. Now, of the island leaders, there is a possibility that the Prime Minister of Vanuatu, Charlotte Salwai, won't to make it, given the rush in this country to deal with the recovery from Cyclone Lola. And the Ulu Otokelao Kelihiano Kalolo will not be attending due to domestic issues. Tokelao has associate member status at the forum. But nevertheless, the leaders are starting to arrive. Tonga's Prime Minister, who is also the next chair of the Pacific Islands Forum, is expected to arrive in Tonga Thursday, Cook Islands time. The newer delegation arrives on Saturday. And then the big old Fiji Airways flight is expected to arrive on Sunday night at midnight. And this is a charter flight. It's going to be packed with delegations from nine countries. And the flight has been put on to make it easier for the Melanesian and Micronesian countries. The Cook Islands Prime Minister Mark Brown is the host and chair of next week's Pacific Islands Forum Leaders Summit. Lydia Lewis asked him what the key issues were for the meeting. Well, of course, uh, the 2050 strategy for the Blue Pacific, which was adopted last year by leaders, uh, is now sets the template for how we move forward as a region. So the implementation plan is critical. Uh, We in the Cook Islands have already uh, looked at uh, putting in place some work plans to support the implementation plan. What is the implementation plan? Well, we'll be launching on Thursday of next week Uh, the Pacific Partnerships for Prosperity. And this is an initiative that we've established here. Uh, It's essentially showing how we in the Pacific want to engage with 
our outside partners, our development partners, our dialogue partners with private sector, with academia, with NGOs. We want to we part, partner with them, whatever the initiatives are, on an equal footing as partners. And what are the other key parts of that? Obviously, you've just said we want to be on an equal footing. Mm. Is another one having all of the, the leaders at the, the, the same table as well from the forum, which has been talked about a lot this year? What else is on that as well? I think healing the rift that we had coming into this year from the uh, as part of the Suva Agreement, that those are aspects that we will be uh, consolidating and confirming and how we're we going to progress that and move things forward. Um, engagement with... with uh, with our dialogue partners, as I said, is a critical part for us. We don't want to be a region that is told, this is what we're going to do for you. We want to be a region that is part of the engagement, that is part of the discussion. We want to let other countries know, we want to let our development partners know what our agenda is and how we want to engage with them. Those are going to be critical uh, talking points for us. Um, and on the dialogue partners front, Dr. Tess Newton Kane says that they can muddy the waters at PIF meetings. Do you agree with that? Well, I think it's important that we control the narrative as specific countries, as specific leaders. So it's important that we set the agenda uh, and that we set the talking, uh, the talking points. And if we do what we can control, um, you know, what other countries do, we have no control over. Uh, but as long as we are clear on what our agenda items are and what we want to discuss and how we want to approach our development priorities, those are going to be the important parts for us. Is the development partner mechanism under review at the moment? We're looking at how better we can engage with uh, development partners. Um, you know, uh, in, in the past, normally, dialogue partners have come and made statements on the day that we engage with leaders. Uh, we'd like to see uh, a bit more work done in that area where... There was a lot of preparatory work beforehand. So when we do get to meet, uh, as I said, it's on the basis of what our development agenda items are uh, and we'd like to hear from dialogue partners how they can fit into our program. Will you support Sisi Booker's Ocean of Peace initiative? Well, we've always been adamant that our region should be regarded as a region of peace. I mean, that was the, uh, that was the, the seed for the Rarotonga Treaty in an era when um, nuclear proliferation was between the US and the Soviet states uh, really led to that. The name Pacific itself means peace. So we see ourselves as a region of peace. We've been used as a battleground of conflict in previous uh, conflicts between uh, superpowers that are not part of our region. Right now, though, the Pacific is finding its voice. It's finding its place. It is making a stand in what it believes. And we believe strongly that we should be a piece of uh, a region of not just peace, but a region of stability and a region of prosperity. Will you back it, Prime Minister? Oh, certainly. I think anything to do that declares our region as a region of peace to reinforce that message, uh, whether it be in a declaration as proposed by Prime Minister Rambuka, I think you will find unanimous support from all of the Pacific countries. And given the forum is advocating for ocean protection on many fronts, how do you, as the chair of the forum, reconcile your stance in favour of seabed mining? Yes, well, we, uh, we consider ourselves as stewards of our ocean. The protection of our ocean is paramount. The issue of seabed minerals has now come to the fore, and some of our member countries in the Pacific, including the Cook Islands, have taken a stand to look at exploration of the potential of seabed minerals. But let's not forget the key uh, theme behind our exploration phase is the protection of our marine environment to ensure that before we take the next steps towards harvesting any of this mineral wealth, 
that it must be done in a way that ensures the protection of our oceans. All of us are unanimous in that particular stand and right now there is no mining taking place anywhere in the Pacific or the world for that region. Uh, we are very much focused on uh, gaining the knowledge and understanding to enable us to make the decision whether we do take the next step or whether we don't make the next step because it will be too environmentally damaging. Now Baron Wanga, how can someone with such a reputation such as Baron Wanga be a candidate for the Secretary General role? Well these are the outcomes of the Suva agreement that were at the last uh, leaders meeting. Uh, this has been accepted by leaders uh, and this will be a matter for discussion by leaders at this conference that we'll be holding in the next week. So without wanting to, to preempt uh, what leaders' views will be, uh, I will await until we've had discussions uh, on progressing the Suva agreement terms and conditions, including uh, the appointment or the nomination of Baron Wanga and see how that transpires. Now Israel-Gaza conflict, mm. will that be on the agenda? I, I have no doubt that this will be on the agenda. Uh, Israel is a very special place for many of our Pacific Island countries um, and it will be, I, I, I am fully mindful, will be a, a topic of discussion by leaders. Is it good enough that it was only New Zealand and <coughs> Solomon Islands that voted for the UN resolution? Well again, this is a matter that leaders will discuss uh, in further detail. Um, Israel is a special place, as I've mentioned, for many of our Pacific Island countries, including the Cook Islands. Um, what Pacific countries uh, I know uh, that I've spoken to are mindful of is that they don't want to see unnecessary humanitarian uh, disasters occurring. They would like to see humanitarian aid uh, flowing to those most in need.